The Fresh Brewed Coffee Podcast is brought to you by VX Media. Our focus is on life and the many paths it takes us down as individuals and how we collectively meet as a society. On this series, I'll be both starting and having conversations about life. Sometimes I'll be having them with the guests to discuss the extraordinary things that come with it, and I hope that these conversations sit with you and impact you in some way. With that being said, it's brewing time. Hello and welcome to the Fresh Brewed Coffee Podcast. I am your host, Dakota Patterson, ChampVX on all socials. I also do have an Instagram for the podcast, and that is FB Coffee Pod. Once again, that's FB Coffee Pod. Today, for the third episode of the first season, I'm going to be discussing polyamory. And for once, I finally have a guest with me. I know in the intro, I said that I'll be bringing a guest on every now and then. And today's the day. And I couldn't think of a better episode to bring on my first guest, being that once again, I am discussing polyamory. And for those that don't know, I am poly. So I thought today's guest would be perfect for it, being that I am with this person. So would you all please raise your coffee mugs to my first guest, my partner, Rhiannon Layton. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um... Yeah, guys, I'm Rhiannon. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Rhiannon Layton, which is my name. And I'm also on Twitter at BloodStillYoung. Yep, you heard it. Now follow it. Anyways, um, yeah, no, thank you for doing this episode with me. Um, I just thought it would be a sick episode to have you on, being that, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about polyamory, what it is, and what it's like being in a polyamorous relationship. And, you know, I'm just one person. So if I'm just like, oh, like, it's this, 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 is this, or I'm just only speaking about my experience, then, you know, people are just going to just take what I say. So, you know, it's always nice to hear about someone else who's in a polyamorous relationship when it comes to polyamory. So I guess I want to just first dive in into your introduction to polyamory, your perception of it, et cetera, how it changed, how it didn't change. I just really want to hear about your history with it. Yeah, sure. Um, So I was not always polyamorous. My experience with relationships was that of any other young adult dating. Um, I had a semi-serious relationship in college. And other than that, I um, just dated around, did the whole Tinder thing, whatever you want to call it. So I went through a year where I stayed pretty much single and was pretty much just dedicated to dating myself as it's called now, just more self-care. And then I met somebody and I started to fall in love with them. Um, But there was a lot of complications that came with dating that person. Like what? Um, Well, they were getting out of a marriage. Um, They were... Are you talking about me? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) shit, dude. I thought you were talking about someone else. I was just like, huh? No, I'm talking about you. Oh. So I met you and we were friends you know, and I think we had feelings for each other pretty early on, but we didn't really do anything about those feelings at first, you know, 
And so, again, there was just, you know, a lot going on. And I personally didn't really want to get involved in all of that. I really cared about you as a friend. I Mm -hmm. really valued you as a person. Um, But I saw what you were going through. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to make that worse. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Time went on, though. And as time went on, I know for me speaking for myself, like my feelings grew for you. And as far as dating went, you weren't like you weren't with anybody, but you weren't free and single. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I think that's kind of when my perception started to change personally. And at that point, I hadn't even heard about polyamory and what that is. So when did you become introduced to polyamory? It wasn't until after I started seeing you. Um, when was that? Like, when did, were we both introduced to it around the same time? I think, well, I was introduced to it. Like, I knew what it was. Okay. So it was like, my introduction to polyamory is a lot different. I'll get into that, like, in a bit. Okay. But, like, mine was a lot different. So I would say throughout that year, probably a little bit more towards the end of the year, um, I started meeting people who were in polyamorous relationships or they just had a more open view of dating. And so I, that's sort of how I became introduced to it, if that's what you're wondering. That um, makes sense. I still wasn't really considering it for myself. I just was thinking, okay, like I am with this person. I like this person. And the idea of being in this like tight monogamous relationship just wasn't something I was interested in when it came to seeing you. So I I wouldn't say that I went into it with this let's be polyamorous. Right. Um, It just kind of made sense. Not back, Dad, um, because on my end, I never thought I'd be in a polyamorous relationship or even really, like, claimed uh, the term polyamory or poly in general um, because, as I said, like, I was, my introduction was a bit different. I had thoughts of polyamory when I was, like, little and didn't even know there was, like, a real thing. Like, I didn't know that, like, it was, like, something that actually existed or people partake in. I just remember being young, and it's really weird to, like, say, like, oh, I had these thoughts when I was young. But, like, I remember being young and remember thinking, like, I remember finding out that there was, like, 7 billion people on the fucking planet. And then I was just like, what the fuck? Like, there's 7. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, there's 7 fucking billion people on the planet. And, like, people have this, like... Like, when you look at movies and shit, like, in back like back then, I was about to say in the back then, but back then, you look at movies and you hear stories and you hear songs, people do what? They talk about finding the one. Right. And I remember being little, I was like, the fuck, there's seven billion people on this planet, and you're talking about finding the one. You know, it's just, it just didn't make sense to me how there was so many people on the planet, but how you only find one. So I remember being young and going like, but there's more than one, you know, like, because love is not a number, you know, right. you don't, you don't like feel one way about like one person and like everyone else you feel indifferent. Like, you know, like you don't date one person and be like, oh, this person is so perfect. I fucking hate everyone else. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. But I remember thinking this when I was like little and I think I even brought it up to my mom and was just like, hey mom, what a strange concept this is. And she was just like, oh, because, you know, she was like big into church and we had to go to church all the time. And um, so it was more having these like thoughts of something that I didn't know existed 
and being told that it was bad, being told that it was wrong. You know, it's just like society has this very strange way of suppressing a thought than embracing. You know, like if it's something right. they don't understand or something they don't agree with, instead of discussing what it is and trying to examine what it is, instead there's just like, no, like it's wrong, it's bad. And hearing that when it came to the idea of loving different people or multiple people at once, hearing like, oh, like, no, if you love someone, you can't, like hearing like you can't love more than one person at a time. And, you know, that's wrong. You know, there's something wrong with you. You like, you go, oh, shit. So you should stop bringing it up. And then it's just like, yeah, you know, society pushes this like monogamous thing. So you start going like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you start associating monogamy with good and anything outside of that bad and you know growing up and then seeing like how the world is like changing and how people now are being more vocal about these things you know now that the boomers are on their way out you know you got like people who are more honest about who they are right and um i remember even like growing up dating like that was an issue i'll get to that in a bit but um i didn't start I didn't see polyamory acted out or engaged in until we were up in Monterey and we met Steffi and Ali, which I felt was a pretty important part of my life because I got to see firsthand that, you know, there's nothing more normal than this. There's nothing more normal than polyamory. And that's the thing. What society views as normal isn't always match up to what feels the most natural to us as human beings. So when I look at polyamory or the concept of even just having a more open relationship, because some people hear the word polyamory and they get really scared away. I think when it comes to having a more open view of a relationship, there's a couple things we have to consider. So there's society's idea of what polyamory is, but there's also a more personal level that we have to consider, Right. you know? So when I think about being with somebody, being in love with somebody, I know I want to love the person I love or the people that I love without restraints. Now, I think it was last week before I recorded my last episode, I did a poll on Twitter and I was asking, you know, when it came to polyamory, monogamy and restraints, you know, like I asked, would you be in a polyamorous relationship a lot of people on my Twitter voted no. And I also asked, in your relationship, is your partner open to be who they want to be or do you put restraints on them? And a lot of them said free. And then our good friend Harley was just like, if the people who voted that they have freedom in relationships also voted for monogamy. Uh, so I guess what I'm asking is, do you find the two linked? Because I personally find the two linked. I find the contradictions you know like how there's contradictions within capitalism there's contradictions within any system and monogamy in many ways is a social system it's a social construct which has contradictions so a lot of monogamous relationships come with restrictions that's uh, internal you know an internal contradiction so the people who voted for monogamy but also voted for that they have no restrictions their relationship it's a bit you know it's a bit of a contradiction because a monogamous relationship comes with certain rules, certain restrictions, certain things you can do or can't do. And I, that might be, this is my thought on it, but that's why I get into that later, but that's why I'm asking, do you find 
the two linked? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, if you take a look at when we're talking about contradictions, like, there's this one commonality between different types of restrictions. I think a lot of people were probably thinking about, like, oh, when my girlfriend goes out, she can wear whatever she wants, and I don't care if she shows off her boobs or whatever. Which you shouldn't because it's not your fucking body. Continue. Right. So, well, that's the thing is, like, a lot of pe- – that, that's been a hot topic lately, I think, where, like, it used to be that men wanted their girlfriends to cover themselves up. I'm speaking only on a heterosexual relationship right now. But um, if you get what I mean, like, I guess just women weren't always free to express themselves in what they wear. That's been hot lately. Like, should women be able to wear whatever they want to wear? The, you know, kind of overall judgment is hell yeah. Right. So if you're looking at that as a type of restraint, what's the root of those women's partners not wanting them to go out wearing revealing clothing. Right. And if I guess is chop in real quick, jump yeah. in. I don't know why I said chop. Right? <laughs> that made no sense. Cause I said chop in. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like on Facebook or on Twitter, like I've seen like really like dumbass memes of it'll be a woman in a bikini or a woman in a thong and the caption's just like, uh, fellas, you go to the kitchen and your your girlfriend's best friend is cooking like this. What do you do? And it's just like there's just something just just so misogynistic and rapey about that. Yeah. Where it's just like, what do you mean? What do you do? Like it's just a woman and the clothing that she wants. So it's just like, why do you like? Why did why is that like a thing? Where it's just like, oh, you go downstairs and you see her dressed like this, or see her wearing nothing what do you do and this is like you mind your own fucking business well yeah first of all um i was thinking even of like the memes where it's like men would you let your girl go out in this you know what i mean and it's just a girl in like literally a clubbing dress or whatever like um yeah if she wants to wear that dress and be comfortable in that dress let her i'm speaking as you know from my own personal experience i as a teenager was really interested in fashion and i you know I remember being slut-shamed in high school because my skirts were too short. And I just never really vibed with that. It always made me uncomfortable because I'm like, number one, why are you talking about the length of my skirt? I'm comfortable in what I'm wearing. It's called self-expression. A lot of different people in a lot of different groups have fought for self-expression in whatever fashion they choose. So if me, a young woman wants to wear you know a shorter dress or I don't want to wear a bra with my shirt and you can see my nipples I personally don't care and if you are judging me for that like dude oh well if you were if I had a boyfriend who was like nah like I don't want you to go out in that I probably wouldn't be dating that person so my whole point behind that was um going back to your twitter poll about being in a relationship with restraints and a lot of people now want to vote like oh no like my partner is free to be who they want to be and they're probably thinking about that sort of thing where I let my girlfriend wear whatever she wants I let my girlfriend go out with her friends I don't snoop through her phone like those are all just common respect things number one but the root of those issues is jealousy boom 
you know, and that's why I was going to, I was going to say, I almost said chopped again. Um, <laughs> I, don't know why right the, I don't know why the word chop is like, just in my head today. Just take a... Just, just a chop. Just chop misogyny. Chop, chop misogyny in half. <laughs> chop misogyny in half. Or in just in general, just chop it off. Misogynist to the guillotine. <laughs> um... But, you know, you had mentioned the word comfort, you know, mm. you, when it came to, you know, you wearing a skirt, the word comfort, and then yeah. you're saying jealousy. And I believe that those two, like, go hand in hand. Absolutely. Like, people don't have comfort in themselves. They don't have comfort in their other person. People lack comfort. And when you lack comfort, that gives room for jealousy to seep in. Right. You know? And it's just like, yeah, like things like, yeah, when they go like, oh, yeah, and like there's no restrictions. Uh, my partner is allowed to have friends of the same sex, I mean, or different sex. You know, my friend, my, my partner is allowed to have friends of different sex. My partner is allowed to wherever they want. My partner is allowed to text whoever they want. I don't go through my partner's phone. And it's, as you say, like, that's just common respect shit, you know, like. Yeah, why is that even seen as uh, uh, you shouldn't be allowing your girlfriend, yeah. your wife, your partner to do anything? That's what I mean. They're it, human beings. Yeah, like the, so it's like the concept of allowance, you right. know, the concept of allowance. Why does concept. she need your permission? I'm sorry. Why? No, because it's true. Like, why does she like? Why does she need your permission to wear whatever she wants to wear? Why does she need your permission to have friends of the same sex? You know, this concept of allowance is just so fucking terrible and people don't want to dig into the root of allowance. Just like any other concept or any other system, the root will show you what's what. The root itself usually is the problem, but people just avoid the root of things. They avoid looking too deep into things. People will say things like, oh, it's not that deep, but trust me, it's always that deep. Okay, so that leads me to want to ask you a question. Um, do you think that the root, I guess, would you say the root is jealousy, first of all? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if the root of jealousy is what keeps people from do, do you think that jealousy is what keeps people from having freedom in their relationship and with their partners i'll say it's two things it's jealousy and fear mm -hmm. you know when you look into anything really like when it comes to i said a concept of allowance you know most people fear something they don't understand you know, I said, so the jealousy and the fear absolutely play part in it. You know, think about when you're a kid and you want to do something and your parents don't allow it. You know, they're afraid of what could come from it. Do you think that also maybe has something to do with, I know when I was still in a monogamistic kind of mindset, um, I was scared of cheating. I, yeah. you know, do, do you think that that's related? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I said, you know, fear and, fear and jealousy. A lot of people, when it comes to monogamous relationships, they always, yeah, you know, one thing they're always afraid of is being cheated on. They're afraid of being cheated on. And because they're afraid of being cheated on, that's when the word allowance comes into play. That's when these rules and these restrictions come into play because they are afraid of someone they're dating 
look being interested in someone else and they're afraid that someone's going to cheat on them they come up with these things that they're allowed that their partner's allowed to do they're oh you're not allowed to have friends of the different sex you're not allowed to text any guys or if you're a woman then oh you're not allowed to text you know another woman you know they all these things that they start coming i said they start coming up with these rules right. of what you're allowed to do because the root of it really is fear and jealousy. Right. What I hear from a lot of monogamous people is that they can't imagine themselves being in an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship because they are so jealous and they don't like cheating, obviously. Like, you know, so what is the difference between being in a monogamous relationship and being cheated on? versus being in an open relationship why are they different because i think that's something that a lot of uh monogamous listeners might be wondering um yeah so could you clarify that before i answer correct incorrectly oh just like basically why is polyamory not just allowing your partner to cheat ah okay so when you think about it you have to think about the difference the difference between polyamory the difference between an open relationship. You know, a lot of people who are not polyamorous associate the two. They think polyamory is the same thing as an open relationship, and they're not. Mm-hmm. So an open relationship is has more to do with, like, the physical, more to do with the sexual. Right. You know, so there's people who I'm friends with who they're in an open relationship where the emotions is just between the two but they're able to sleep with whoever they want to sleep with. Right. Compare, you know, they're compare, free to date. They're free, yeah. Yeah, they're free to, yeah, they're just free to sleep around. You know, yeah. I want to say they're free to date because to date, that's what? Emotions, correct? Yeah, I think it would just be, uh, it's just, the parameters would be set by that relationship. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, you know, so for example, as, as I mentioned earlier, Harley. Harley, she's open to an open relationship she's in an open relationship but she said she would not be in a polyamorous relationship you know she said she keeps the emotions between her and her partner but when it comes to the physical acts as like you know sexual acts she was like yo like we're able to sleep with whoever we want to sleep with right you know so he's like i don't want to go in too much into like her business but you know when it comes to open relationships you know people associate the two People think that polyamory is just fucking whoever you want to fuck, you know, where that's really an open relationship, you know. So the question of what was it? The question of why is cheating in a monogamous relationship different than an open relationship? Yeah. And I mean, in a polyamorous relationship as well, just kind of like. I think when people view a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship, they just think, oh, basically, that person's just allowed to cheat. Ah, uh, okay. Feel me? So you have to think of the concept of cheating. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like everything's a concept and you have to just like dig into the root. Yeah. You have to dig into the root of cheating. You know, like, so when I was in a monogamous relationship, I dated a lot of people who cheated. You know, they stepped outside of the relationship to be with other people. They liked other people, and I was like, oh, my God, you're cheating. It's so bad. But, you know, looking back on it, it's just like, you know, they're, they're, they're not bad, you know. If there's no restriction and you're able to just allow people to be who they want to be, right. you know, like, 
here's here's the thing, and here's something that a lot of people don't think, especially like people in monogamous relationships do not think about. Before you, they were attracted to what? Other people. You're not the first person they ever found attractive. You're not the first person they ever dated. You know, and it's like, even if you are the first person they ever dated, you're not the only person they've ever been attracted to. You know, so it's just like, it's this weird idea that people like forget. They forget that you're not the only person who's attractive. You're not the only person in their life or the person they ever dated. You know, so it's just like, there's people before you. And if you were to die or break up, guess what? There's people after you. There's always people. So when you understand that, you know, when you understand that, you know, there's people before you, there's people after you, and you find some sense of comfort in that. For example, let me just say, like, when it comes to me, like, being poly, you know, like, I understand that I'm one person, mm-hmm. you know, like, you dated people before me who may have been like me or may have been nothing like me, but Mm -hmm. nevertheless, there was something about them that intrigued you. There was something about them that you liked. You know, like everyone is different. There's going to be something that you like about me and there's going to be something that you like about someone else and it's a trait that I don't have. Most monogamous people will find that and be jealous of that. You know, like I just have an understanding that people are different. You know, so I'm not going to sit there and expect this is undying loyalty to me and expect, you know, you to only be interested in me and only want to see me, et cetera. You know, like, I'm I'm just not that naive. I think for me, one thing I've noticed since learning about polyamory is that there is a difference. So when I was in a monogamous relationship, I was cheated on and I felt like, I was lied to. I felt like there were all these secrets. I felt jealous. I felt very insecure. Um, Being now in a polyamorous relationship, I feel like there are no secrets. I feel like I don't have to keep anything from you and that you don't have to keep anything from me and we're able to just be who we are. There's a sense of freedom that comes with that. Exactly. You know, it's like, Whenever I was cheated on, which was a lot of times, right. um, whenever I was cheated on, I felt that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I took I took it so personal. I took it so personal. Like, I felt inferior. I felt that something was wrong with me. And here I am, older, and I just go, you know, it's not that there is anything wrong with me. You know, it's just there's different people who are intriguing. There are... There are different people in the world who's going to intrigue you just a bit more. There's going to be people who, you know, it's like, I'm not much of like an affectionate person, you know, like there's just a whole shit ton of trauma (laughs) that caused that. But, you know, because I went through that, I'm not much of an affectionate person physically, you know, so I would not sit there and get jealous or like, oh my God, if like you became interested in someone who's who's a bit more physical like it wouldn't bother me because you know it's not that there's anything wrong with me you know like I wouldn't see it as a character flaw on my end I wouldn't see it as oh you think this person is better than me you know there's just different things about different people that you're going to like 
Right. I remember there was somebody who had responded to your poll. You were talking to me about it. Um, Maybe you can relay the message a little bit more clearly, but the woman who had been in a polyamorous relationship when she was younger. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me because I totally forgot. It was like in the back of my mind. But so when I had did this poll, because I also did on Instagram, one of my followers had messaged me and her name is Constance. And Constance is from Germany. Shout out to my comrades in Germany. Um, anyways, she said, hello, I've been in a monogamous relationship the last four years. In the beginning, it was wonderful. Back in my early 20s, I was in a poly relationship with four people. That's two males and two female persons, including myself. And I've never been truly happy like I was there before. And the feeling of freedom and the different shades of love were something I've missed a lot during my past monogamous relationships. I came to the conclusion that monogamy is not made for me because I have a lot of love to give and I realize that different people give different kinds of love. Um, well, I don't know if that was the comment that you were looking for, but feel free to ask for more if you want. Kind regards from Germany, Constance. Let me just say I love the kind regards things. I, I love it. But um, that's good that you remind me of that because... She had said something, you know, the different shades of love. That's what I was going to say. The different <laughs> shades of love and how people give different shades of love. Right. You know, so when you look at it that way, because how she was saying, like, she's like, you know, I have a lot of love to give, you know, and I feel that I'm a very, very, very loving person, you know, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of love to give. Right. And being that I have a lot of love to give, I'm open to the thought or like I'm open to the idea of feeling a lot of different types of love. You know, I'm here on this planet one time, you know, like, and while I'm here, I think, yeah, Amy Adams said it in the movie Her when ironically she was playing the character named Amy. Anyways, um, she said, you know, while I'm here, I want to allow myself pure joy. You know, there's something about that that really just strikes a chord with me. You know, while I'm here, I want to allow myself pure joy. And I'm not a very religious person or religious at all. So I don't believe in the concept of heaven or hell. So I believe that I'm here now. I don't think that anything comes next after this. You know, like my bad to the Christian listeners, but like, I just don't believe in your God or this heaven or hell concept. I believe that's a man-made you know, concept and structure, but that's not what this is about. What I'm saying is, while I'm here, I want to feel that. I want to feel everything I can feel. Right. And, you know, hearing, you know, the different shades of love. I want to feel that. I want to feel every type of love there is to feel. And I want to give every bit of love I can give. I don't want to die with any love in me. I want to die with my love in the world. Ooh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I, I think that's the part of her message that really touched me too, was talking about the different shades of love and how she has so much love to give. I relate to that so much. And I used to believe that all the love I had to give was reserved for my one soulmate. And you know, through um, growing in my spirituality, I, of course, discovered that there are different soulmates that we have and there's different kinds of soulmates. And there's love that you give to friends. There's a love that you give to partners. 
Um, I feel like throughout being in a polyamorous relationship, I've discovered so much about myself that I don't think I would have questioned had I restrained myself to a monogamous relationship. I think I would have just kind of accepted what was and not given myself the freedom to express who I really am. I, I, I mean, even in regards of my uh, sexuality, like my, my preference, you know, I always kind of had a feeling that I was probably bisexual or something like that. And when I dated men before or boys before, um, I just was like, well, you know, I'm straight now. I'm in this relationship, so I'm cool. But in being in a polyamorous relationship now, I feel like I have the freedom to discover that part about myself. And that's also really incredible. It's great knowing that whatever comes my way, I can be open to that. And I can also give that to you. It, it allows me to love you more because I'm not asking you to hold yourself back from my insecurities and my jealousy. Right, and right. there's something about that that feels like so freeing, even more than anything I could do for myself, being able to love you unconditionally in that regard. Right. And, you know, I'm glad you, you, you said a few things that I'm going to, like, <laughs> tap into. One of those things is your sexuality and how that plays a part in relationships because I feel that a lot of people who are in very straight, very monogamous relationships do not consider that or think that that will play a factor in it. You know, you said how when you were in a straight relationship with someone who was monogamous, then it was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm straight now. But it's just like, you weren't straight. You know, you you were bi the entire time. You, you weren't straight. Yeah. It's not like the gayness turned off, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, so a lot of people, even when it comes to sexuality, how a lot of people even view that, you know, like they're straight men who will say that if their partner was to date another woman or start seeing another woman, it really wouldn't hurt that much. But if they were to start messing around another man, then it would hurt. You know, is that is that feeling of being inferior? Well, and also the fact that being a lesbian is fetishized. Exactly. So that's that's also what I'm not saying. Tight. It's like if you know, for most straight men. If their partner was to start seeing another woman, they wouldn't feel that they're lacking something. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't feel inferior. They wouldn't feel like, oh, like, I'm not this enough. I'm not man enough. You know, she's just exploring. It's not that big of a deal. But if she was to see another man, then all of a sudden they start feeling inferior. Right. You know, so. There comes the jealousy again. There goes the jealousy. That's what I'm saying. That there's that lack of comfort on themselves. Right. They don't feel too comfortable with themselves. Right. You know, it's like I said, like, I'm not the only guy in the world. You know, there's there's smarter men, there's funnier men, there's more attractive men. Fucking come on, like there's some cute ass dudes out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just like it would be stupid of me to like sit there and think that like I'm the only one that can like please you or satisfy you or whatever, you know, and it's just like that's not just like saying like sexually, that's saying like in general. You know, like, the different shades of love. Right. There's and there's a specific love that I can offer you. Right. But that doesn't mean that at some point you won't want more or that, you know, there's not other love you want to feel. I can give you the type of love I can give you. 
You know, like being in a polyamorous relationship, I don't feel that pressure to try to offer something that I overall cannot give, which is how a lot of straight people start cheating. Right. It's because they accept this certain love from this person and they're like, no, this is great. This is great. And then it hits a point where they want a different type of love that their current partner cannot offer. So they look elsewhere. I think that's like the limitations come into play there. Um, When you are in a monogamous relationship, like you said, at some point, there's limits of who I can possibly be and what I can possibly provide for you. Uh, I'm big, you know this, I'm big on like the whole love languages thing, which is something that, you know, you don't always relate to. But I feel that. I feel like there's ways that we can love others and there's ways that we can feel love that are very unique to who we are as individuals. And I know, just as you said, like there are certain things that you can't provide. It's same with me. Like I feel like there are parts about myself that I can be and then there's things that I'm never going to be because that's just not who I am. And I don't feel like I need to be something that I'm not. Exactly, because I accept you for you. You know, like, I'm not with you to change you. And I'm not with you with these expectations of completing me or playing into, like, some insecurity, this or that. You know, like, I'm with you for you. And I accept all parts of you. And, you know, I don't expect, I don't expect anything of you. And expectation is such a huge thing in a lot of relationships, you know, like they expect their partner to be this or that. And then when they are no longer that, or they no longer want to pretend to be that, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, you know? So it's just like, I'm able to approach the relationship with a actual understanding that, just as I'm human and I'm always changing, you're human, you're always changing. There's going to be things that I want. And sometime might come and I may not want that anymore. Right. There's many things that I feel now that I don't feel later or I didn't feel before, etc. You know, like I'm always changing, you're always changing, humans are always changing. And that change is okay. I feel that a lot of, you know, cause I actually talk about my past relationships in general, Whenever I started to change and I was no longer their idea and I was no longer the person they wanted me to be, that's when a lot of issues came in. You know, all these restrictions, you know, like I was not allowed to grow or even explore myself. I was not allowed to explore my sexuality. Right. And this is like, you can get in a very straight monogamous relationship but as I said, it doesn't take anything away from you as a person. It doesn't change who you are completely as a person. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm in a straight monogamous relationship. Now I'm no longer gay and I no longer think of other people or even play with the idea. Yeah, those parts of you don't disappear just because you're choosing to commit to somebody. Exactly. And, you know, there's people who think that a monogamous relationship is more real right. than a polyamorous relationship. It's more real it means more and it's just like no it's it's not it doesn't make it more real because odds are if you're in a monogamous relationship 
there's a lot of secrets you're going to keep. If you're in a monogamous relationship and you're thinking of other people, you're not going to tell your partner. If you're saying, man, you know, I'm a woman and I know I'm attracted to women. And you tell your very straight monogamous partner, hey, you know, I've been thinking about women. They're not going to be like, well, you know, you go and do that. They're going to be like, no, their jealousy is going to come in. They're going to be like, well, what about me? What about me? And then you get also these feelings of resentment, I think. And I think that plays a big role even in, um, or I mean, especially in long-term relationships where um, if you're going to be with somebody for your life, if you're going to have this like life partner or whatever, I think at some point you have to stop lying to yourself and to your partner that you guys are going to just have this great romance feeling 24-7 for the rest of your lives. Right. You know, and when we lose those feelings in relationships, I think we as humans tend to, in monogamous, you know, terms, I guess Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say, um, we tend to take the blame on ourselves or we put the blame on our partners. And that's not fair to either of the people in that relationship. Right. Because at the end of the day, these are two individual people. And that that's something else that I wanted to say was when I was talking about the different types of love that there are and how you can have love for a person that's your soulmate, but maybe that's not your only soulmate. You know, right, you're going to meet, right. your friends are also soulmates to you. And like, You know, you could have another romantic soulmate even. You don't really know what's going to come up in life. But also, when it comes to those other types of love, like there's there's many types of love that we feel and we give in our lives. Right. You know, I have love for my children. You know, I have love for my other family members. But there's also a love for yourself. Right. And I think... That's another thing that, although it's very common and, like, popping on social media right now, we want to talk about self-love, but we don't want to talk about what that really means in regards of being in a relationship. Right. When it comes to self-love for me, it's like, there's going to be times where I'm going to want to put myself first for the sake of myself. I don't want to lose myself in trying to be caught up to be this partner or or, or whatever right. I feel like I need to be. Like, if I need to put myself first every once in a while, that's okay because ultimately that's what's going to allow me to love you better. And I've talked to you about that. Exactly. You know, it's like, I think that that's another kind of facet of being in a polyamorous relationship where I feel more free in that regard. I felt before like if I were in a monogamous relationship that sometimes there's give and take. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in an innocent manner. Mm -hmm. But as years go on and pass by you have to think that there's more than just give and take. There's more than just sacrifices and all of that. It's also about being okay 
with sometimes being selfish and loving yourself first before you love your partner. Right. I talk about like the um, the overflowing cup. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, if I have all this love, right, and love is like water, when I pour water, I need to have a cup that is for myself. And I give the love to myself first so that when the water overflows, then I can give it to other people. But if I'm not giving it to myself first, how can I love others? And I think those limits also apply to monogamous relationships where I love myself first and then I have love for, you know, my family or, or whoever you have in your life, you know, and then I have love for you, my partner. Right. Um, but there might still be water after that. Right. And, and at that time, my cup might be full. Right. And so what do we do then? Or what do we do if, you know, like, the water flows in a different direction? I think it's just being accepting of what life has to offer and what life could potentially bring. Exactly. Like, for example, like, I have no interest in, I remember telling your friends about that, like, I have no interest in controlling you. I have no interest in controlling you. Yeah. I'm not like, you're sharing your love with me. I don't own it. You're sharing your life with me. I don't own it. I don't control it. Right. Like, at any moment, and I think a lot of, like, people don't think about this. At any moment, you can just vanish. At any moment, you can go, yeah, fuck this, I'm out. (laughs) And I never see or hear from you again. I'm laughing because I probably would never do that but no but i'm just saying like it's in possible theory, like in theory, in theory yeah like absolutely anyone, anyone can do that yeah like you know a relationship is not concrete right a relationship is not going to just keep you somewhere right if how many people were in a relationship and try to stick it out and was like you know what this fucking relationship makes me miserable and then they fucking left the relationship like it like people think that like a relationship like would keep someone concrete and it's like no how you make someone feel is more important than a fucking relationship you know like yeah it's just like yeah i said like I'm, I'm i have no interest in controlling you you know as i said like there's if you want to go see another woman i have no interest in going what no you can't what about me like go if you want to go see another man, I'm not going to be like, oh, what about me? What does he have that I don't have? No, I'm going to be like, go, because I am in the interest of you being happy. I'm in a business of happiness, you know? And, like, a lot of people get in relationships, and I feel like they lose that. They say, like, oh, I want you to be happy. But they don't. It's not that there's. It's not that it's like, oh, I want you to be happy. It's I want to be the one who makes you happy. Yes. And I think it's... You can make someone happy, but there's many types of love. There's many types of happiness. So it's like, I want you to be happy above all. It's your life. When I die, you don't die with me. You know, I want you to live a happy life. And if you want to share some of that time with me, great. If you want to share your time with someone else, great. I want you to be happy happy and i want that for you because i want that for me yeah i want to be happy so it's just like people get in relationships and they have this like just this control 
mentality where it's like they want to control who they're talking to, control what they're wearing, control what they're thinking. And it's just like, it's so weird. So when people talk about like, when I see monogamous people like, oh man, like I got cheated on, straight up, I'm just like, fuck, that sucks. I wonder why they cheated on you. Like, I wonder why. Like, not saying like, oh, you're a terrible person and like, ha ha ha. But, but so... yeah, it's just like, I wonder what made them cheat. Yeah. Like, it's just so weird. And like a lot of people, when they think about polyamory, they think about sex. Yeah. They think about sex. And it's just like, once again, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm poly, but I don't sit there and I just think about having sex with other people. Like, that's right. just, that's crazy. Like I said, like, that's more of an open relationship. When it comes to just, like, sex, that's more open. Right. You know, like, I think more on the emotional base. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. just, like, a lot of people, they think, oh, like, you're poly. That means, like, you wouldn't care. Like, like you know, I was talking to Mike from Off The Record Podcast. Um, I was talking to him because I saw someone, or I didn't see someone. He was saying how someone on their live was saying, um, what was it? If you're a dude and you're comfortable with some other guy like in between your girl's legs or in her box and you're a weirdo, and I'm like, nah, what's weird is thinking that my partner's body is mine. Like, straight up, like, whatever, whoever you want, if you decide you want to sleep with someone else, it's your fucking body. I don't own you. People are not property. Right. But people in monogamous relationships, it's like they view their partners as property. Right. Hence the whole my word. That's my partner. That's my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. That's my wife. My right. husband. My, 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 my. It's this ownership shit, you know? Like, I don't own you. You're not property. You know, like... I'm like, you know, I'm not the first person you dated. I'm not the first person you slept with. Same on this end. Right. You know, that's that's not mine. Your vagina is not <laughs> mine. It's not mine. You should quote that for your Instagram. <laughs> right. Like it's just it's not mine. It's like, you know, that it's like you see people like especially like in like movies when there's just like, oh, like whose pussy is this? And they're like, oh, it's yours. And like, no, the fuck it's not. It's, it's, it's not mine. I think what's crazy, like something that I've never, some people are like, oh, like, I like when my man is a little jealous. It's cute. Like, yo, jealousy is not cute. Even if it's a little bit, like, I, that's, that's just a take that I don't agree with, dude. Yeah. Like, no, jealousy is not cute. It's never been cute. Jealousy, it's not cute. Jealousy is fucking weird. Right. I think, like, see, I don't drink, so it's not really, like, a good analogy, but people always talk about, like, oh, if I were out at the club, well, like, you know, I don't really go to the bars or anything like that because <laughs> I don't drink. Like, I find joy in other things in my life. But say I were that type of person to go out and even if, like, I do go dancing sometimes. Right. You know? If... Somebody were to come up to me and flirt with me, I wouldn't want you to step in and be like, "No, nah, that's my girl." This, 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 this. Like, I, I think that's a form of that kind of like masculinity. Yeah. That it makes me personally uncomfortable. 
I don't know. It's super uncomfortable to see. And, you know, while you're on the topic of, like, you know, drinking, isn't it strange that a lot of people who are monogamous happen to cheat when they're drunk? That's true. I think it's it's so weird. Like a lot of monogamous people cheat when they're drunk. Huh. I wonder why. Probably because monogamy is not natural. Monogamy is not normal. You know, society has pushed monogamy. Religion has pushed monogamy. A lot of people and a lot of things that people consider normal. If you look at the root of it, it was pushed. Monogamy was pushed. Um, Even being straight was pushed. And a lot of it comes from religion. You know, I'm not saying religion is like the sole factor behind it. But if you look back, like I said, like, these are things that were pushed. Societal norms. People like to think about that. Oh, these are societal norms. But they don't like to actually dig into what that means for something to be a societal norm. It's something that society normalized. It's something that was pushed. Right. Um when we were talking about doing this podcast earlier, I started to like research a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that I found was, and it's crazy, if you Google it, I mean, you do find out that monogamy is actually not natural for human beings. Right. It's a lot of people believe that monogamy is the 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 kind of like the norm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy when you actually do look into it because one thing I found... Um, on this website, is that 80% of societies... Where did it go? I'm scrolling through the article right now. It says 80% of early human societies were polygamous. So why did later populations become largely monogamous? Science has no answer to that. So it's just more about theories and, and like you said, societal norms. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually look into it i had an idea that it might have to do with christianity oh you know yeah christian roots and all of that and when you search christian roots in monogamy so i was looking honestly i was looking for like bible quotes right yeah reasons why monogamous couples happen because of christianity right right when you look it up what you actually find are the suggested searches related to that and it says, is monogamy normal for humans? And what they find is that the human ability is actually to avoid sexual and genetic monogamy. So most of these conditions are consequences of cultural processes. It's something that happened based off our culture. I personally believe that it has to do with how women were used as property and mm-hmm. marriages were created as contracts and yep. as ways to sell land. So it was more of a, hey, you want to buy this land or you want to, I, I don't know, make a business deal with me, marry my daughter. And right. then you'll have, my daughter will have your name and she'll be your property right. and this and that. What's crazy is how a lot of things can be linked to Christianity and how Christianity if you look at the history of Christianity, Christianity has been used to justify a lot of dumb shit. Right. When they were trying to abolish slavery, people's response to like dispute that was, it's wrong of us to create people or see people as equal who God did not create equal. So it was like, why are we going to abolish slavery when God himself 
made us unequal. So we're not equal to a black people because God created that way. So Christianity used to justify slavery. Right. When you look at the treatment of women and like how like they're housewives and this and this and this and like how their property, guess where that's also could be found? The Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the, the Bible concept is very misogynist. Yeah, the concept <laughs> of Christianity and the Bible mm -hmm. plays a huge fucking part in a lot of shit that is wrong with society. When you look at homosexuality, people people are saying like, oh, I can't stand gay people. A lot of people, and you know, as I said before, you know, the term homophobic, you know, they're not homophobic. Phobic, phobia is a fear. They're not afraid of gay people. They're just anti. They're against gay people. And that can be found where? In Christianity, where they're like, yo, homosexuality is wrong. So a lot of this shit was pushed from religion. So when you free yourself of Christianity, you start to think a bit more. You start to like, your brain starts to expand a bit more and you're like, oh wait, what about this? Because you know, when I was Christian, it was just like, oh, homosexuality is wrong. God doesn't like that. People justified slavery because of God. Huh. You know, people looked at women as property because of God. Hmm. God is used as a tool. God is used as a tool of hatred. God is used as a tool of his dismissal. People will not even allow themselves to think deeply about shit because it causes them to question their beloved God. And you know, like this isn't like a, you know, an anti-God, you know, speech. This is just fucking facts. Yeah. Christianity and the concept of God has been used as a tool of suppression and oppression. Yeah. Free yourself of this concept and you start to think a bit more freely. Right. You know, like that's that's just my fucking take on it. I think with anything, it requires critical thinking. Everything requires critical thinking. When we were listening to other people speak about polyamory who were not polyamorous, it was difficult to listen to because you don't hear that critical thought. I think a lot of the times we get in the way of ourselves and we don't want our own personal beliefs to be kind of shoved aside. You know, we right. want to think that what we believe and what we've always been told is how it's supposed to be. And you know, those are lessons that you have to learn, you know, and it's not always easy. I know I personally have had to go through a lot of growing pains in order to discover more truth about the world. And I don't think that I've discovered everything that I'm meant to discover. You know, shout out to my life path number seven, which is all about learning the truth. But, <laughs> um, you know, I've got a lot of truth to learn. And anything, when it requires to educating yourself about the world, about people, about others, about society. Right. It requires critical thought. Don't think with limitations. Yeah, right. Yo, straight from the path, said themselves, you know, thinking like everyone else is not really thinking. Right. And, you know, a lot of people, I said they lack critical thought. And the word I used earlier was range. You mm -hmm. know, like when we were saying how 
if you yourself are not gay and you yourself are not poly, you don't really have the range to right. speak on it. It's, I think I said on Twitter where it's experience versus perception. That's very true. I can say like, I know um, something when it comes to, you know, I'm white. Those of you who are listening, if you don't know, I'm white. And when it comes to speaking on other races and cultures and their experiences, I'm very quick to be like, you know, I don't have that experience. Let me point you in the direction of somebody who does. And that's something that I know white people have had to embrace a lot lately because it's really important that black people and other people of color have their own voice. I think that's true when it comes to being gay. Gay people should have their own voice. Um, polyamorous people should have their own voice. Women should have their own voice. Mm. Um, and even when it comes to a podcast like this, if you're listening to us, that's awesome. Um, and I'm saying it like that because those of you who don't know, Dakota and I do share a podcast. <laughs> I, I almost forgot that this is the Fresh Brewed Coffee podcast. Yeah. We also have the Here Now Wow Coffee podcast. Right. No. The Here Now Wow podcast. Yes. <laughs> so I'm talking as if this is our share. This is actually, I'm a guest. Hello. Yeah. But if you've listened to this episode of the Fresh Brewed Coffee podcast, which I'm grateful to be a guest at, um, don't just take it from what we're talking about today. Right, you know, because even, even though we're gay and we're poly, we're not the poster right. people for, our you know, it's not, a, it's not a one-size-fits-all, you know, like, our experience in this is completely different than other people. Right. So I'm going to conclude this by saying, if you have a concern or a thought about polyamory or hom homosexuality or anything, listen to people who are about that shit. Right. You know, listen to polyamorous people talk about polyamory. Listen to gay people talk about gay people because we've heard the societal norms. We've heard it our entire lives. We've heard that poly is bad. Monogamy is great. Homosexuality is bad. Being straight is great. You know, like we, we heard all this shit already. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think like everyone else and you have the societal norm thinking, it kind of puts you in a box, you know, to learn what's outside that box. If you're not going to experience it yourself, talk to people who live outside of that box. Absolutely. So let me end this episode by first saying thank you to Rhiannon of the Here Now Wild podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, <laughs> shout out to Off The Record podcast. Uh, they did an episode on polyamory. And you know that we discussed it with them. I was going to do an episode with them. You know, we discussed it. So, you know, like shout out to them for doing an episode on polyamory. Um, Mike actually gave me the idea to do this episode. So shout out to Mike. Shout out to Off The Record crew. Shout out to my comrades in Revolutionary Left Radio. Hey. Shout out to Craig and Downbeat Radio, Downbeat Radio, Downbeat Podcast, Junie, Other Side of Truth. Shout out to the Cut Podcast. Shout out to my new comrades, Comrades in Coffee or Comrades with Coffee. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but <laughs> shout out to you guys. Listen to good podcasts. Listen to good podcasts. <laughs> Listen to good people. All right, comrades, see you next episode. Mm -hmm.